I'm genuinely here to just hear what you guys have to say about it and to express what I have to say about it, whatever it is. And that's what the show is and why I care about doing it. And the moment that it becomes, I'm doing it solely because I have to solely because like, I have nothing to bring to this, nothing to engage with, nothing that I want to hear from the three of you, nothing that I want to put into it. I'm done. That's when I quit. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conversation. I'm Brandon T. McClure, with you, as always, on this journey through fandom. This week, I'm actually joined by a co-host of the Fake Nerd Podcast, my own podcast, where I come from, uh, Sparks Witty. If I'm speaking a little quieter, it's because my family is going to sleep, and I'm currently at their place. Uh, This is the last week, so next week will be fine. But this is actually part one of the Sparks Witty podcast. Uh, interview um we wanted to get more of a conversational thing but in, ended up doing about an hour and change of mostly him and then we did about 45 minutes on me so what you're going to hear first in this episode is really just his interview and mostly focused on him you get some me but mostly focus on him about uh, how the podcast changed his views how he tries to kind of create new uh type of echo chamber within uh, social media um we can actually go through a lot there's a lot of really good stuff in this one um he had a lot of insight to bring in and i I really hope you guys enjoy this one and then next week you'll get more of a in-depth look uh at my own because this started really as um an exploration of fandom that i wanted to go through because i was feeling pretty down on fandom and i wanted to see if other people felt the same way whether or not it was a podcast issue or not um so you'll get more of that next week but this week is just sparks witty there's a lot of um fake nerd podcast confessions as we talk about what the podcast has done to change our attitudes towards thing towards things um we even mentioned doing some changes that we've already started to implement on the fake nerd podcast in regards to the news segment things like that so in the middle, there's a lot of podcast talk, and then it kind of goes into how he tries to find new voices to listen to, um, new perspectives to talk about, um, keep away from some of the toxicity of fandom, and all sorts of things. And in case anyone is wondering, up top, he does mention that he, well, I think I mentioned that he has probably written something on the Fake Nerd Podcast website, which is linked below. Uh, he does not. <laughs> he has not at this point, but no problem there. All right, I think that's about it. That'll cover it. Um, if you guys want to be part of this podcast, please let me know at fake nerd guy, fake nerd guys at gmail.com. Um, that'd be great. I'd love to hear more about what you guys have to say about fandom and see different perspectives. It's always fun. And all of Sparks Woody's social medias will be linked below as well. And I'll mention most of this at the end of the podcast. Um, all right, I will see you at the end. Okay, I am here with my co-host from the Fake Nerd Podcast, Sparks Witty. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Now, normally, I let the guest plug what they're doing. Uh, so, since I'm sure the audience has heard me plug everything before, why don't you go ahead and just plug plug it from your from your perspective? Um, okay, so I'm a member of the Fake Nerd Network, which includes the Fake Nerd Podcast, which is our our main show, uh, which I do with 
this guy who started it, he's the producer, Brandon McClure. Executive um, producer means nothing, remember? No, no, he's, he's you know, he started it all. Uh, pretty cool dude, or whatever. Um, and also with Ryan Eliopoulos and Ben Magnet, uh, where we've done that, and we do Fake Nerds Watch, and we do Basement Arcade, and that's not out yet. Uh, <laughs> I was going to... I was gonna say a show that wasn't out. Um, what else do we do? The miscellaneous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, there's basic arcade pause menu. There's. Why do I feel like I'm forgetting a big one? Oh, Fakner Book Club. Um, oh yeah. Where we do Fakner Book Club and we talk about uh, nerd culture. We talk about comics, video games, movies, TV shows. Um, we've been doing that for almost five years. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. You can find me on all those things and Fake Nerd Podcast's website where, you know, Brandon will tell you about it. And maybe I write things there sometimes, eventually. I don't know. Maybe by the time this comes out, you'll have written something on there. I have no idea. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, ba- so, so. There's, there's like, sorry, on that quick note, like there's been like three things that I have. I have just sitting on my computer and like they're basically good. But I'm like, no, I want to fine tune them. And and they're all things that I wrote in school. And I'm like, yeah. this could translate over or whatever. I don't know. Just go on, maybe. Yeah. Uh, happy to be here. I'm, I'm so happy you're doing this show. Yeah. So I have been talking to, at this point, about 10 people. Uh, you'll be my 10th guest on this show um, about fandom. And so basically the difference here is because you and I are so close, we've known each other for a very long time. Uh, this is going to be a little different than my previous uh, conversation interviews um, but I will ask the first question okay. what, what was your what was your your fandom prior to the podcast how did you interact with your fandom prior to the podcast um, can we define the term for fandom I really want to be specific on what we're talking about well let's see that's the, that's the thing is like a fandom could be anything it could be film why don't we why don't I ask this then what would you say are your fandoms that you're a part of no i mean like what what how are we defining fandom in the sense like oh am i a fan of a thing or is this like where i like what does the engagement level need to be to qualify as fandom i don't think there needs to be an engagement level i think it's just if you're a fan of things you're you're that's your fandom i mean like i'm a fan of eminem but i don't talk to anybody about it (laughs) (laughs) i mean but you know what that that's but that's part of your fandom you are you are a fan of eminem sure um, you know i had a guy that was a weird there. pool i read a whole thing about eminem today because uh gen z wants to cancel him oh don't they good yeah, for that that's a whole thing go read it somewhere it's stupid um well, that's why that was on my mind well i talked to the person who who was in the tiki fandom oh sure sure yeah. so it could be it could be anything i mean oh why now sorry blink's about to intrude um uh what was fandom like before the podcast that's the question. for you specifically how did you engage with your fandom prior to doing the podcast i think that really the only way i engaged with it was with friends like yeah. i didn't i didn't really extend beyond that like you um mm-hmm. and and other people in my life but like uh, I never was a person who went online for anything like mm-hmm. that to talk about it or, or anything like that. And I didn't go to the comic shop like you did. 
that I, I didn't even really go to the comic shop until the podcast. I right. mean, I did, but like not regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, not like I do now. Uh, I think, I think a lot of it was just, I, I think that you probably had a similar experience where like before the podcast, there was a lot of like, it was with close friends. It was with good friends. And then there were the occasional social gatherings where like, you know, few people, and then there's a whole bunch of people you don't know, but they have a conversation about something that's really popular and you know, your shit. (laughs) So you become the expert in the room. Um, and sometimes that's impressive and sometimes it isn't. Um, and it really depends on what it's about. And that can be about like that, that can come up with like, Oh, I actually know a bunch about Greek mythology. Let me just more, or it can be, you know, uh, yo, Dragon Ball is coming out with a new thing and it'll be like, Oh, let me tell you about Dragon Ball. <laughs> so, uh, I, but, but really it was, it was only in the personal, it was only right. in the like real world. Right. Now, basically you had, um, we talk a lot of on the show about echo chambers, about how uh, you you seek out like-minded individuals to to have that have that engagement. I don't know if I'd lock it into that specific of a category. I mean, absolutely. Like, I talk with my close friends, but that doesn't mean that we have the same opinions about these kind of things. I mean, a good example would be our mutual friend friend Matt, where like there there are definitely things where Matt and I are like in sync on and there's plenty of nerd culture where he and I vastly vastly disagree um and but but I'll have those conversations with him and that that would happen before the podcast that would happen in in my life and then again like I bring up like those you know because I did a lot of theater so there would be a lot of like cast party kind of things so these are people who like I only work with in that kind of professional capacity and then we have conversations backstage or at cast parties or something and that's where those kind of things happen and that does that's not as much of an echo shaper but that's about as far out reaching as it got you know Mm -hmm. uh so what led you to the podcast you um I figured you'd say that (laughs) Well, I mean, it's true. Uh, I, I mean, like, hold, let's let's step step back a second because you haven't gotten to do this. And like, you know, what was yours like before the podcast? Because well, I, I, mean, I imagine it's pretty similar. It is. It is. It's um, it was it was definitely more along the lines of in high school. It would be with my friends and anybody who would listen because I had some social some social ineptitude. Uh, that would kind of make me splurt out things in the wrong situations. Um, but when I moved into college, that was a lot, it was a lot different for me. So I, I, I went into the fandom spaces on the internet. Um, and that's kind of where I went hardcore and finding people nowadays is called comic book Twitter or movie Twitter, or things like that. But back then it wasn't that. Right. Because you, you had to leave the social bubble you and I had been in yes. and I didn't. So outside of, again, like those, those theater and cast party and like new encounters, like I made new friends after you left and that kind of thing, but like yeah. it still stayed in relatively that zone for me. Yeah. I mean, I got lucky. Like I met Ben pretty early on when I, when I went to college, but still it was like him and me and that was it. Sure. Uh, so I was going to give you, I was going to give you credit for, uh, you know, your, your fan dumbness, if that's the word of Doctor Who is the reason I'm a Doctor Who fan. Is it really? Oh, yeah, you were the person who made me watch Doctor Who. Why? Uh, because you were watching The Ninth Doctor, and you were talking to me about it, and you made it sound good. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was, oh. that was, that was, uh, 
like like only a year into our friendship in high school yeah uh, and you were like yeah i really like this thing and i'm like oh i've heard of that thing that's so weird i couldn't and get I you to battlestar and then i bought a dvd set you know you didn't i don't you didn't start talking about battlestar as much until a little later yeah doctor who was like it was it was in the moment you know right and uh you did. You did talk about Battlestar. Like, I only know as much as I know about Battlestar because of you. I don't know why I never really got into Battlestar. Yeah. I think I think Doctor Who worked because I only had one season to watch at the time. Sure. And Battlestar Galactica, I had much more I had to undertake if I was going to do that. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Doctor and Who when was... you're And when you're in high school, that feels really daunting. I mean, you and I got on the Smallville train late. And remember how daunting that was? Oh, my God. <laughs> Watching... Oh, I watched... Back then, you could watch like a season of a TV show with the DVD in like three days. Yeah, like nonstop. That's like early binge watching before. Well, you and I had like six in front of us by the time we got on the Smallville train. Yeah, and we God. were like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> it, it was. It felt like it was also easier back then to to get into these things. I mean, in some ways, um, because we had less adult responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah, Doctor Who was an early fandom for me. Um, it was like the the earliest thing that I remember I could, like consider a fandom. There was like that and Godzilla and Dragon Ball were yeah. like my early fandoms, and then from there it went. It just branched out. Um, but yeah, so I had in in college it really changed because I had Ben and I had maybe a couple of other people. I had my girlfriend at the time, but it wasn't. I didn't really have the social situation that I had, so I branched out into the internet, and that was that. <laughs> Probably in hindsight would be a mistake now, but um, I found different circles of people that um, that didn't agree with me and did agree with me, and and I wasn't sure where I fit. And I had a comic book store down the street that I started going to, and that was kind of a revolutionary thing. Even working at a comic book store, talking to people, man, at the height of the Snyder Revolution for DC, working at the comic book store was wild. Yeah, um, but that's really what what. That's really how I engaged in everything. It was, I think it was a more negative thing in hindsight than a positive thing after I left high school because I didn't have that echo chamber. Um, anyway, so, so, so you say that, the, that I led you to the podcast, but more specifically, um, what, was it, what was it that you wanted to do the podcast for? Um, it's going to sound dumb. Uh but I, I really just, I, I, you guys had already started. Okay, well, Ben's going to listen to this eventually, but let's be real. <laughs> if you could have, if we lived near each other, he wouldn't have been the first co-host of the podcast. And let's be honest about it. I, uh, um, I apologize, Ben, but he's right. Uh, that, 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 that was that the podcast in many ways, because I only say this because you've told me, was born of how you and I would talk to each other about fandom. Right. And wanting to have that conversation kind of go on, and that, I only, I only, I only credit that to I think you and I uh, have always been able to argue with each other, but never get too mad at each other mm -hmm. uh, when we disagree about something. You and I have a balance with each other that we don't always find in other people, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, and and certainly I think it's gone both ways where we've been able to change each other's minds about things. Um, or make each other at least consider it from a, a point of view we hadn't thought of before. And I think that's a lot of where the podcast came from. So when you guys had already started, and again, like it was something I wasn't part of because it was it seemed too difficult and uh, 
and and frankly, honestly, when when I did start doing it, it was um, it seemed too difficult and obtrusive and and hard difficult uh, to do to do it from the distance that I was at mm. uh, compared to Ben and Ryan who were both here. So what happened is that there's some I don't know however many episodes it is before I show up, but um, that it's. I was listening though, because I cared and I hadn't, I knew Ben, but I didn't know Ryan. And I wanted to hear yours and Ben's and, and Ryan's perspectives on things and, and listen. And then I just find myself listening and wanting to share my thoughts. I think pretty early on, even I was texting you at least and being like, I thought this thing about what you said here and this thing about, and I was like, I really should just be on the show <laughs> because I want to say too many things. Um, and that's, that's really, so like, it's not really about, it didn't come from a desire to want to engage with fan culture more necessarily, at least not directly. It came from a desire to want to engage with you about it more. It, it came from a, for me, it very much came from a place of feeling left out of a conversation I desperately wanted to be a part of. Sure. I, I remember a, a text specifically, I don't know why of all the texts you sent me in those early days, why this one sticks out. But I had falsely said that Anna Kendrick was the mom in that one mom movie, the Bad Moms. Bad Moms. Yeah, and you had texted me and said it was Mila Kunis. Yeah, I only remember that one. I don't know why. Yeah, there definitely was like fact checking and things yeah. like that in the early it, days. It's weird to me to think that it was difficult for us to make that work when now that's all we do is remote recording. Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of what it came down to is like, if you go back, if if you are a person who can go back to those early episodes and want to, um, I sound like shit. Uh, and, and which is part of it. And like, there would be times where it was really hard to hear me and I would cut out and, and like, so but we all really wanted to do it. Uh, mm. Which back then made those times where we could be in person, like, you know, frankly, I just I didn't have the technological setup. Or Wi Fi, <laughs> frankly, to yeah. make it easily functional uh so back then like when we had the opportunity sorry luna uh when we had the opportunity to do it in person it was a blessing yeah <clears throat> but anyway like to the point of fandom it very much like it it very much was driven by a desire to want to be able to talk with you and people i knew about it rather than just like i don't listen to other i listen to other podcasts but i don't listen to other podcasts and feel like man i really want to say a thing right here most mm -hmm. of the time most of the time and you kind of felt left out of the conversation i think it's because i knew i could access it more or less yeah that it felt frustrating to not be in it yeah i mean that's similar to what i felt like with ben <laughs> on his former podcast should i say it <laughs> Am yeah, I let, it, let it let it die well it, it it was very much similar to that like i would text him very similarly to the way you would do as i would text him fact checking things and i remember texting him to be like hey you know man up and like like you know talk talk about lord of the rings like you love it don't let them say that lord of the rings is crap um and so that is kind of where fake nerd podcast came from was also was my desire like the same thing like i could i could engage with ben and I could be a part of that conversation with him, but I couldn't do it on his podcast. So it's kind of where I wanted to start this podcast. I think it was also, uh, again, like not to bring it entirely to focus on the two of us, but oh yeah, cool. Cats. Um, not, not to bring it entirely to focus on the two of us, but uh, I think it also was that 
you know, you and I really liked when we could have conversations about it, but those conversations were rare. Yeah. Uh, because we pretty much saved it for whenever we got to see each other in person. Yeah, we would save up conversations. Right. And then we would just go off for hours and hours. And... Which is kind of what we do now. Mm. Uh, now that we don't see each other in person, we like save up things that we're going to talk about uh, for the beginning of our podcast. Yeah, but it's not four or five months of stuff. That's true. Which is what it used to be. Yeah. So we had to like, and we weren't making notes. So we just had to be like, oh, the thing. Oh, yeah, that thing. Like, it... what about that movie that we watched four months ago? Oh, yeah, I saw that. I liked that. So now that you've uh, started the podcast, we've been doing it for many years now. Um, after you started doing the podcast, uh, how did, just broadly, how did your views of fandom start to change? Thanks to the podcast. Um, let's see. How did it change? Uh, to be honest, for a while at first, it really didn't. It didn't mm -hmm. feel like anything was really different. Um because of uh, of it, you know, like even though I didn't know Ryan very well, it still felt like that same kind of personal level that it was. Uh, I don't think it really changed until I started being more uh, aware of the social media part of it, whether that was uh, me partially working with you on the Fake Nerd Podcast Instagram or when I started doing things for Sparks Witty itself, mm -hmm. I'd say that that's when it really felt like it changed. Because before that, I don't feel like it really changed. It didn't really change anything. You know what it did change is um, kind of the thing that I, I struggle with with it is that now uh, it is rarer that I'm willing to have long conversations about this with people that are not part of this podcast sure. uh, in my personal life. Um, it's, it's more difficult for me to, to fully engage with thoughts. I feel like I've already stated somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I can think of like, you know, specifically four mutual friends of ours have no reason. Like they don't, they just don't do podcast stuff. So they mm -hmm. don't listen. So when we get together and they're all like MCU fans and things like that. So when we get together and they want to talk about that kind of stuff, I have to kind of like, I have to put more effort into reengaging myself into it than I used to. It used right. to be, I was just jazzed to do it. Um, and, and now it feels like I have to turn a dial a little bit mm -hmm. to push it out. Um, and that started probably about a year and a half after I started doing this. Why do you think that is? Mm, I think that just it, like, that's not a very specific time. I just think that it, it became less frequent for me to see those people as well. Mm -hmm. And as that time distance grew, same thing that we're talking about that you and I used to do where we would save up all that conversation. So they want to re-engage with all that. And I'm like eight weeks ahead of some of the things they'll bring up mm -hmm. having discussed it on the podcast, sometimes more than once. Uh, and so I think that that becomes a, oh, let me just pull through the files, find right. what I was, I was thinking back then. Oh, what was the thing? What was the thing? Um, and so, and so in my personal life with, with people who I care about, who I'm very close to, but who are not the same kind of nerds that we are, they're, they're engaged, but they're not, 
in it. They're not getting the seeing the news updates and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They don't know who's cameoing in the next, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and and they get a kick out of you know being able to know something from a person who is entrenched in that stuff. And I understand that that's like part of the fun of engaging in that conversation with each other. And that's that's always what it used to be. But now I have to like it's like having to put myself through a replay that I it just didn't feel like before. Right. And it's, it's, it's weird because it's not even like I didn't have those conversations more than once mm-hmm. before the podcast. I think that it's just, it feels more like an engaged, uh, it feels a little bit more like work to do it mm-hmm. than it used to. Um, and that, that started before anything I did on social media. Which side feels like work being plugged into all the news and everything for the podcast or doing that replay that you talked about? Yeah. Being plugged in. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like I have to, I feel like I have to be aware of things that I didn't feel like I needed to before. Right. Um, you know, once, once we started doing the podcast, once it was rolling for a while, once it was rolling, um, then it just became a, you know, there are trailers I wouldn't watch if we didn't do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, on a very rare occasion, I won't uh, because I don't want to see something from a from a movie or or something like that. I, I'm not full blown Mike Matola, but um, but sometimes I do want to. I do feel that way. You know, where I'm like, I've I've seen enough. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't. I would not actively seek it out. The only way I would see this trailer is if it played in front of a movie at the theater. Otherwise, I would avoid it. Um, but now I, I watch a lot of those, mm-hmm. uh, because of this, that's, that's probably like the, the most obvious big example, but it certainly comes up with like the news stuff and things like that. There's also things that like, I was interested in, I would have known about it before, before the podcast, but I feel like it gets more specific. Uh, sure. and I have to go along for the ride of rumors more than I used to. Whereas like before it used to be, there's a rumor of this. And I'd be like, neat. And then mm-hmm. I wouldn't chat about it with anybody really. And then it'd be like, that rumor was debunked. And I'd be like, cool. <laughs> and now it's like, I go on the full ride of like, is this a thing? Let's speculate. And like, Oh, we were wrong. Yeah. And it's so interesting. We, we used to try to not do rumors in the beginning of the show. And, and then we, we started seeing more of them. You kind of can't specifically, I think very specifically with like Marvel studios stuff of late, it's become very hard to ignore all of them. You kind mm-hmm. of have to have, if you're not talking about them, you're not part of the discourse. Sure. And that's just the way that it's become. And again, like that is just a separation of like what the podcast has to be part of and what you want to be part of. And and that's kind of what it is. Yeah. I mean, you talking about it being like work and and doing the, being a part of the discourse. Like for example, like I, I remember the only reason why I watched Tiger King is to be a part of that discourse. Yeah, absolutely. I mean like the, the, same thing. Like I didn't seek out Tiger King because at, at first glance, I thought it was interesting. I just kept hearing that this whole wave of stuff was happening, especially as we were going into a pandemic. And it's like, I need to be part of whatever's going on here because everybody's yeah. talking about it. And um, that was, that was a very, because of the pandemic, those early days of the pandemic, we had something, I think the the closest we've had in the streaming era to a network phenomenon moment uh mm-hmm. with with some of those early days tiger king was a very specific one that was mm-hmm. like when heroes first dropped that was the if you ain't if you don't know 
you you ain't talking about the right thing with anybody uh mm-hmm. so you had to like kind of be in the know like i couldn't get away from it it was everywhere it doesn't help that the netflix algorithm is like hey watch this no absolutely but i mean like ryan had already seen it everybody in, in like three of my classes had already seen it and brought it up because you know um everybody's just kind of using it as pandemic band-aid at that point yeah uh and so it's it's the it's the quick boy isn't this a lovely distraction and everybody wants to bring it up and i'm like well if i want to be part of that conversation i better watch it yeah it doesn't become a distraction anymore it becomes that that kind of that work to be part of that discourse a little i didn't really feel that way about tiger king i'll admit but like i i know what you're going with yeah um you know we do we do fake nerds watch for wandavision mm-hmm. you know i make sure to watch it midnight and then we're we're watching and then we do the we do our things and you know, speculating is fun, but honestly, I wouldn't do it as much if we didn't have our show, Fake Nerds Watch. Yeah, I think, well, I definitely would have done it about the same. I just would have done it in the home yeah. with, like, Megan and Ryan right after we watched an episode. And that probably would have been it unless I thought of something, like, that I thought was worth bringing up. Um, but I definitely would have, because because of the nature of what WandaVision was, part of it was a mystery, like mm-hmm. we've talked about it on Fake Nerds Watch. I don't think the rest of the Marvel shows will will be like WandaVision was. I'm sure we'll know at this point whenever this episode comes out. Um, but I don't think like that that mystery of speculation is as dense a fog over it as as WandaVision had. So I think that that speculation would have happened anyway. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't have happened in the form that it did, and I don't think it would have expanded into as many things as it did without the show. Um, so we talked, we kind of danced around it, but the idea of being plugged in to the discourse, to the, to the news, always kind of being on top of what's happening in the news so that we could talk about it on the show. So it's always relevant, you know, feeling, feeling that kind of almost pressure. Um, do you ever get burnt out? Do you ever get tired of it, of, of having to be constantly plugged in like that? Sometimes. Um, I don't do a lot of the work, so I like, I'll be honest, like most, most weeks, uh, I don't look at the news before we do the show. Mm-hmm. So whatever mm-hmm. you say is news to me most of the time, unless it was something major. And then mm-hmm. I'd like, I, I heard about it because I, I heard about it. Um, but like, I don't, I don't look at any comic news, uh, almost ever, um, comic book news. Um, I, 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 I some sometimes I think that's to my benefit and sometimes sometimes not. Um, for me personally on the show, that's that's the part where I'm like, it's nice to hear about like a series, but you know, I I don't know all the names, I don't know all the all the people, the creative teams. I'm just like, is this going to be something I want to read or not? And you know, seventy five percent of the time, I'm not going to end up reading it, at least not in the near future. So it kind of becomes just this wash of information that just crests over me. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I feel that the most with that, but I mean, I, it could apply to, to most of the things in the news um, where it's, it's it, frankly, no cat. Um, <laughs> frankly, uh, I, I currently set at a point where I find the news the most uh, tiresome part of of all that we do related yeah. to the podcast, whether it's the main show, Fake Nerds Watch, Fake Nerd Book Club, all that. I find the news the most tiresome. It, I love doing our our 
what'd you guys check out this week where we get to like really like express opinions and thoughts about things media that we're consuming and, and get to share a little bit of that for for a bit and have mini conversations about it and then we go into the news and i'm like i know we gotta do this i know we gotta talk about some of the major things but it, it for me it definitely feels the most uh boy i just want to get to the topic sure um sometimes not all the time sometimes there are things that where i'm like i absolutely want to talk about this and this is part of the thing is that there's four of us and we all want to talk about different things mm-hmm. um and so like that you know news that might not be exciting to me can be very exciting to ben and it's not fair that i get to talk about news i'm excited about but ben doesn't get to talk about news he's excited about and um and i think that's totally reasonable i just also think that there's a lot of news where like we say it but i don't think any of us care sure <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and and like uh and you know we're doing it because we're we're a podcast that knows there are people that listen who like getting mm-hmm. that kind of thing and i'm like that's cool i guess but um i certainly would like just take the take the drip of that right out because i don't need it sure. um it's also our longest segment it is uh uh you know depending on the week um it yeah. is uh it's it and again like there's plenty there are plenty of times where like oh there's just a crap ton of great news to talk about conventions are a big part of that like when those things happen or a big a big gaming thing Mm -hmm. um and and certainly there's like the small things where like you know this is a comic writer we all like or a comic character we all like who's coming back and that's the thing where i can like grab like you know ram v is doing a swamp thing series and i'm like oh man tell me about that like that's where i i cue in but then it's like there's a new Batman title, and I just, I'm gone. Sure. I checked out. I don't listen. Um, <laughs> I'm just being real. Like that's how it affects me. Um, is that it's just it's it's so much information, and it it's in one ear and out the other because the next week I don't even think about it. Right. Um, it because unless it's something that we're any of us are invested in, it never comes up again. And I I just that part is the most draining. And I don't even think that has to do with fandom. That has to do with like what a nerd podcast has to be in this day and age and the expectations of it and that kind of thing. And, and yeah. My listeners of this will probably have already heard our Ken Knapsack interview. Ken Knapsack um, talked about this exact thing on, on, his, on, on this where force center he did he did an episode of Force Center recently where he talked about this great topic. They went on for an hour with his co-host and it was fun and it was enlightening and it was just a, a good time. But nobody got that far because anybody because people only cared about the news segment. Yeah. And that's kind of the that's kind of the thing where it's like that's why I time code all the news now is because like I know there are people there who are only there for our opinion of the news right and there's also people who are only there for the topic they don't care about the news yeah like like megan uh i know doesn't give two licks really what we think about the news if it was big enough news i already talked to her about it right so she just wants to go to the topic if 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 she wants to hear about something she wants to hear about the topic or the book club or something Mm -hmm. like that and and uh truthfully like it it does feel like our we 
we have, I think the reason why the news gets so tiresome is because we're, we're reporting on it. And sometimes it's something where we're engaging with it and we're expressing our thoughts about it and what it means and, and that kind of thing. And that's when the news works for me. But um, some of our news, I think this happens every episode, every episode, there is something in the news where we're all, where we're clicking in, someone's clicking in and they're saying, I got a thing to say about this. And that, I think that's great. It's those segments of the news that also happen every episode where you say a thing, everyone goes, cool. And then we move on. And I'm like, we just, that could have just been gone. I, nobody needed that except the person listening who wants the news. How do you think I feel? I write the, I write the damn thing. No, I totally understand. I mean, like, it's, it's not a knock on you. I, I'm glad you do the work for it and everything. It's just a knock on, like real realistically this is something i probably just should have brought up that's not on this episode where i'm like maybe we need to cut some things out of the news um <laughs> but i mean truthfully like that's that's i think uh when you talk about like the the fandom or just like being a part of it where it wears on me it's definitely in that part the most where i feel like i spend time getting all this information that next week not only do i not care about it but most of our audience doesn't care about it what audience we have and i'm like what what is this for who is this for <laughs> maybe we need to overhaul our new segments we we might we might it's a conversation <laughs> worth having at some point i think that there's definitely a point where we can go uh where we maybe need to go start going line by line and be like do we really need to talk about this does anyone have anything to actually say about this or is this so big that we have to say something about it or is this something where we can just go eh. yeah uh stay tuned and, and here's 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 the thing I also get really torn up about like, because I do think a lot of it comes down. This is me personally. It comes down to some of the comic news, comic book news. And I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, I totally understand that there are people who this, this is way more like they know who we're talking about. They know every single name we name and they know what's up and they, they want to know that information. And I'm like, I'm just not that person. Mm -hmm. That's just not me. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, I always go searching out for the comic book news because I, I kind of feel bad that we don't. That we used to in the early days we didn't talk a lot about comic books, uh, and I made it like a, a like a, a conscious effort to make sure that we started to. I might have gotten a little too far. It's you know it's a, it's it's such a fine line because like I real uh, my favorite thing we do in the news is when we can spotlight something that like most people aren't talking about. Mm -hmm. That, that we think looks really cool or we're passionate about like um the the trailer for that um that uh film that's coming out this this month the, the french film the uh french african film oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i forget the name right now but you know yeah. what i'm talking about where i was like i'm really glad we got to talk about that because we all thought that trailer looked really cool and frankly if i wasn't doing the podcast i wouldn't have even like been able to bring that up or bring it to anyone's attention or anything yeah um and that's and that's where like kudos love doing that kind of stuff that's awesome um i want to bounce off of that because you're talking about you know, things that that people that, that you can bring to people's attention we we had an episode where we talked about villains yeah which is a incredible movie and we got to talk about it and we we approached that review as a kind of a pitch we want to pitch the audience villains you know that I think that's something I think that's pretty cool that we that we decide to do things and I don't think other podcasts really do that. Uh, I think honestly, my favorite thing about the pandemic in the past few weeks has been that we haven't had to talk about the major blockbusters that every other podcast would talk about, and we've been mm -hmm. spotlighting the smaller films. Um, that that I have really enjoyed being able to do because normally 
we wouldn't have had time to ever talk about Psycho Gorman. True. It would be something we'd talk about in our week rack, wrap up, whoever watched it, whenever they watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wouldn't be something where we did it as a topic because James Bond just came out or whatever it would have been. Um, you know, and and that I have really enjoyed. His house. His house was an awesome thing to get to do a review of. Um, mm-hmm. That whole October slot was great. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we had a whole October. We didn't have any blockbusters. Yeah. And, and that's, that's been nice. That's been nice to have this opportunity to like, part of it is also that you get like easy access to these movies, these lower budget films right now because of the pandemic. So like, Oh, we can, we can just boom. Here's that. Let's talk about this because most people aren't talking about this. So boom, here we go. Um, And, and I kind of, but, but like, I want it both ways because there's, I also have plenty I want to say about most of the major blockbuster things. Mm-hmm. Not always, but most of the time. Well, we're, we're to date the episode. We're about to talk about Raya and the last dragon. I'm excited about that. Oh, I, I, I would, I would be sad to not talk about that movie. I'm so ha- happy to get to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I think that movie looks, that movie looks awesome. Um, it's, it's I, I, anything to have a chance to talk more and support Kelly Marie Tran is great. Uh, yeah. like I would hate if we were a podcast that talked about Frozen too, but didn't talk about that movie. So, yeah. Um. So part of the part of the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because like some an interesting thing happens when you're a part of a podcast, and it doesn't matter if you're big or small. You inadvertently become a leader in fandom. You become a person that a subset of people doesn't matter how many people uh, want to hear your opinions on these things. Yeah. Does that ever? Uh, I don't know if I want to ask, does it ever weigh on you, but how does that make you feel that you become kind of this person that people want, like, like search out their opinions for? I honestly don't think about it. Really? I really don't. Um, I think for a, a decent chunk of the reason is that like, nobody engages with me about the podcast that isn't in my circle. Right. Right. Um, literally the closest you get is Michael, Michael Carls from downright nerdy. Sure. Uh, uh, and that's, that's an extreme example because like, that's a guy from another podcast talking to our podcast about, you know, in, inspiration and wanting to do things. And I'm like, that, that's one thing. And like, that's not, that's not specifically like talking about my opinion in, in regards to it. That's just like, you know, like your show, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't, you know, sparks Woody is out there the twitter and the instagram but nobody nobody like wants to engage with me about something i said on the show yet so (laughs) so that's never been something where like the weight of it isn't real sure um while i'm while i'm positive that there are people who like uh you know listen to my my stuff what's the uh the dark crystal we have comments on our fake nerds watch dark crystal where they were not correcting, but like giving more information about something I'd said. Um, And that just felt helpful. And I think that's also like the closest I can get to like talking to someone who listened to an opinion I said, and then responded to it. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it still just feels like it's just, it's just, part of the reason I like doing the show, like, honestly, I, I I will quit when I stop feeling this way, uh, is that it just feels like me chatting with my friends about stuff that we're interested in. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are, there is that surrounding, uh, 
purpose of the podcast and like the things we just talked about, like the obligational parts to it to some degree. Mm-hmm. But but the end of the day when I'm doing it, I'm just thinking about it that way. It's just like now we have an itinerary mm-hmm. for how we're doing it. Um, but to me, it's like, uh, you know, how like old ladies, I shouldn't say that, um, older women, uh, to, you know, are always depicted in like media as having their like their their neighborhood book club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's us. That's us. In, in as far as like it's me getting together with the gang. I get together to do to talk about our our homework of the week, the news, the movie we watched, the book we read, how what else we consumed. That's what we do. Um, mm-hmm. And and I don't when I'm doing it, I don't think about it differently than that. And when we depart from it. I rarely think about it in any other context. It's interesting. I, I, I have talked to many people and I've never heard that perspective. And that's why I like about this show is that I'm getting different perspectives. Um, I think like, so there's the reason for that is twofold. And so I'll start with saying that there's a dissociation between the, the podcast as a podcast mm-hmm. and, and doing the show. Those two things are two separate entities in my brain. So like, promoting the podcast or or making logos for it or that kind of work doesn't sit in the same realm as actually sitting in the recording and doing it when i'm doing it and i'm having the conversation it doesn't feel like i know what i just said about news and all that but it doesn't feel like i'm i'm doing it for anybody but for us mm-hmm. you know which is we've long talked about that's always been our point is that we don't we don't this is why we we don't do things to like try to market the up, you know, negative opinions in order to get clicks or anything like that. We don't, we don't push the marketing of the show because we, we only want to be honest about what we're trying to represent. And that's how I feel about it is, is uh, it's not faux on t- authenticity. It's, it's just, I want it to be genuine because I'm genuinely here to just hear what you guys have to say about it and to express what I have to say about it, whatever it is. And that's what the show is and why I care about doing it. And the mm-hmm. moment that it becomes, I'm doing it solely because I have to solely because like, I have nothing to bring to this, nothing to engage with, nothing that I want to hear from the three of you, nothing that I want to put into it. I'm done. That's when I right. quit. Well, I hope that never happens. Me too. Um, but I mean, I, that's, so that dissociation between like, the promotional material or the, the the objective of the podcast is different from like the doing of it. This is especially true for everything that isn't our main show. Fake Nerds Watch, Book Club, Basement Arcade, all those feel like just good times fun. Mm-hmm. Like th- th- those are even further away from that obligational feeling where it's just, you know, great. The only part where it gets like obligational feeling is just when we have to find the time to sit down and do it, sure. you know? Oh, we gotta do it this week. So let's let's all coordinate our schedules and find the time and do it. Um, before we get too far away from that, I did want to say like the other aspect of it that's really important to note that makes me different from the rest of you is that I am Sparks Witty and I'm not my normal self, mm-hmm. and I have that separate identity. And that separate identity exists on social media, and that separate identity exists for the show. So that means that when I leave from the show, it's not like my normal life gets intruded in any way uh now that being said 
it's not like people are blowing up the Sparks Witty accounts. Right. They're not. But um, having a separate Twitter handle, having a separate Instagram handle makes those two worlds feel even more distant. Like, you know, my regular personal feed has some nerd stuff on it, but like, like there are some artists who I want to follow who are like on both um, or that kind of thing where I'm like, I don't want to miss a thing. So I got to follow them on both. But mostly like my personal stuff is for my personal stuff. <clears throat> and my Sparks Witty account is for being part of that nerd discourse that I want to be having access to those things. And, and there, there's, you know, a whole list of people there, like, and it makes those things very easy to move between. Mm-hmm. It makes it so like, here's my nerd for the podcast related to the podcast kind of world. And here's my personal world. And those two things are separate. It's a good point. Uh, Cause there's Ben magnet, obviously is not his last name, but his, you know, it's but still, he only uses the one account. Yeah, he don't he doesn't disassociate Ben his last name with uh Ben Magna. So him is the same thing. Yeah. Um we talked about a couple things in that in that that I want to uh that I want to kind of circle back around to. Uh for one, you have you you are on Instagram, Twitter. Um you just talked about how you have two. Does the discourse that you see, I'm. I, you don't see a lot of discourse like uh, our co-host Ryan or, or myself that we, we see. Um, do, does any of that discourse influence how you view like your opinions, or do you let it kind of sink in, or do you try to try to stay more of an objective observer? Um. Boy, how to answer that question? Um, I, only I, I don't think I, I, I think this applies more to Twitter than it does to Instagram. Um, mm. Pretty rarely does I do I think this comes up on Instagram. Instagram is is in my world is more of a tool for like usually for following visual artists of, of some kind. If it is something related to the podcast, um, it's usually it's usually artists mm-hmm. um, because on my personal one, it's you know my my personal friends and families feeds of stuff they do, whatever it is. Um, so it's really about Twitter and, um, I spend more time on my personal Twitter, uh, but the Sparks Witty Twitter is catered to nerd culture. And I I won't, I won't deny it's probably a pretty strong echo chamber, um, because I spend even less time on it. So it's I, it's not a place where I go often. So when I do go there, it tends to be that it's just me seeing things about things I, I generally agree with or, or empathize with. But that being said, it's not solely an echo chamber. And I'll say this, like I, Twitter, I definitely like have a lot more of like people who either just, they do talk about nerd culture or things like that, but they're not people who I put on the podcast. There's no science to it. <clears throat> And, and that's not an echo chamber. There's a lot of people there that, like, I don't agree with about not everything, but, like, you know, there are things that come up and I'm like, oh, that's that's a take I don't agree with. But, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean what's, what's like, this this was heartbreaking. I'm not going to say the name of this person, but um, recently I found out that, like, um, a podcaster I listened to for a nerd podcast, like, when a nerd-related thing podcast when I was in high school. Um, one of the first ones that I really listened to, mm-hmm. uh, I just saw like uh, the last three months, 
but they're a hardcore uh, Trump supporter. Oh. Uh, and that was, I had to really think about, do I want to stop following this person now? And I thought about like the whole echo chamber argument related to it because I don't disagree with that person's nerd opinions, which is the main reason I started following them. They've just mm -hmm. been more political of late and I don't agree with their politics. Um, like a hard don't agree with their po political opinions, but uh, their nerd stuff I tend to agree with, or at least I like hearing it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not always something I agree with, but it's something I like hearing. And so I, I thought about it for a while and I'm like, I'm just going to leave this. I'm just going to leave this there because it's better off like, you know, me learning that they support something I don't doesn't mean I have to wash them out of all the conversations I've considered relevant uh, up to this point. Um, it's uh, I don't, I don't think it, there's any way to say that the discourse doesn't influence me because plenty of the things that I see make me think I, I, for one, like, this isn't me trying to be like, Oh, I'm so good about this kind of stuff. Like I I've worked really hard to try to put more voices on my Twitter feed, even if it's an echo chamber mm -hmm. um, where I agree with them still, there are voices that have backgrounds that are different from me. A lot of women, a lot of uh, LGBTQ, a lot of black people, a lot of other people of color um, who talk about nerd things or are working on nerd things or whatever. I actively did that uh, because I want to know, and definitely sometimes I've been shown perspectives of things I didn't think about because I find that the most valuable is if you can tell me not, oh, I don't like, uh, you know, this isn't me, you know, shutting out people who like Snyder stuff, Zack mm -hmm. Snyder stuff. You know, this is me wanting to make sure I'm getting a spectrum of people who have backgrounds that are extraordinarily different from mine. So when I think something works and they don't, and there's a reason for it, I can hear that reason. Sure. Uh, when it's more than just, I don't like the thing, but like this thing actually really bothered me because of how it relates to LGBTQ, people of color, whatever how it relates to my background and experience. And even if I don't necessarily agree with that take, I can still find a way to appreciate and understand that, that perspective exists. Mm -hmm. um, so in that, in that way, it's kind of been helpful to expand your knowledge of your, of your own personal fandom of fandom in general, uh, the discourse around that. I mean, it's, it's definitely like no secret in America right now, like how much more involved uh, everyone's kind of getting in the discourse around race and, and gender politics and things yeah. like that and embracing that. I just, I just, I can't be a person who's going to college the way I am mm -hmm. and doing this podcast and not be including those voices. I find myself irresponsible at that point if I'm not. Sure. Um, so yeah, in my world, uh, comparatively to yours, I'd say, uh, Twitter is usually a tool more than it is uh, a thing that gets in my way. Because um, even when I see someone who, who doesn't like something <coughs> that, that I liked or, or something about something that I liked, uh, it's, it's usually something where I can at least understand the perspective. And th this isn't to say that there aren't white men on there who I feel the same way about. It's just I've tried to cut down on that, those voices because 
I've got plenty. Um, uh, you got, got three others on the podcast. I've got three others on the podcast. I've got other people in my life. I've got, I've still got some on there. There's, there's plenty. There's always going to be room for those voices. Um, but it's, it's more important to me to be able to, to go to Twitter and, and find those things and find the usefulness of it. I, I've definitely like podcast has definitely changed my <clears throat> engagement on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really uh, before I started engaging with social media. And part of this, part of this is our political climate because I didn't just do it on Sparks Witty. I did it on my personal account and I got more involved politically. Mm-hmm. Same thing that we're talking about nerd stuff politically. Um, sometimes it overlaps. Uh um to include those voices to to make myself more educated to make myself more aware right um and that that has been really important and really useful and there are plenty of times where i've gone down a thread of trying to excuse me read through a conversation or discourse about why a person didn't like a thing sure and get to get to their layered out explanations in a way you've kind of redefined the rules of an echo chamber you've used you've kind of looked at an echo chamber you've changed the rules from being an echo chamber being this uh, a place where everyone's got the same opinions and they're just kind of bouncing off each other to a place that uh you are looking for uh uh, other people's opinions to expand your own uh uh mind i guess i yeah i think i just just to make me you know, it's it's kind of just meant to be a. Uh, there's a word I want to put before the word check, but I can't think of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically to put a check on me. Yeah. Uh, you know, like am I am I too too far into this thing in one direction? I can't see the other end, and and I think I think that it it requires a lot of like consideration and cultivation to do something like that with social media but i do think it's relatively an easy tool you just have to be willing to open yourself up to i need to make prioritize voices that are very different from mine because generally even if they're ones who have opinions i don't agree with they're ones that i should probably hear sure um you know like uh, like the most valid stuff I've ever seen criticizing the last Jedi that's on my Twitter feed is usually stuff about how they handle John Boyega. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some of the, like, you know, I have, a, there are a lot of black accounts I follow who talk about the mishandling of John Boyega. And I'm like, yo, you right. I really like that movie, but you, you right. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. And they've made me consider a lot of the reasons why, why that stands out. Because when I first saw last Jedi, I frankly, I didn't even think about it. And that's me not having that voice, not having that that background or that perspective. And I needed that to be able to to think about that. So it's it makes me it takes away my blinders. Sure. So I'm not so locked into my own perspective of it or the perspective I think most of my bubble shares that that I don't consider that outside stuff. Um but it, you know, like the shitty shit is out there a hundred percent. Uh I just I don't follow people who who just say things to be com- combative or nasty, specifically white people. But like, <laughs> but like it, it goes all, all around. Like anyone 
who is who is that level of like so far gone that you just can't reason with them mm-hmm. uh i don't need that on my feed you know like if there's something useful to be gleaned but like and i i don't like it's not a one tweet rule like oh that tweet just didn't land with me um gotta gotta nick something it doesn't work like that it's but it's you know if i see a pattern of just a lot of like senseless negativity mm-hmm. then they're not on my feed anymore and that's that's why i don't have that right um you'd say it's enhanced your perspective yeah yeah for sure yeah it's not it's interesting because like you know for me for example i am on twitter a lot and i see a lot of negative discourse and i try to i try my best to tune out and create my own little echo chamber online but it's difficult um because of some of the people that I follow but you know i don't see a lot of positivity and so that it so that skews my own perception of the things that i like which leads me to believe that like oh i shouldn't like this thing or i shouldn't like that thing but what i'm hearing from you is that you're getting this perspective that you're not necessarily getting your opinion forcefully changed due to negativity you're getting kind of a perspective that you never would have had which enhances the 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 the, the fandoms that you would be a part of yeah 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 i definitely feel like that's a good summation of it yeah i i think that like i know it's hard on some level to do what i what i tried strive to do on twitter um i it tends to be like down a chain you know i think once you find that right community of voices you Mm -hmm. tend to see those people share opinions that are like oh i should probably follow this person because of that thing that they next shared and retweeted that kind of works in that you know someone who's black and queer shared this thing. That's a very valid opinion perspective on this piece. I'll start following that person too. I look at some of their tweets. Oh yes, this is good. This is good stuff for me to see. Um, And it just becomes about prioritizing that kind of thing, recognizing where it is and recognizing the things that you just don't need. You have struggled with this for a long time. I know because we've had many a conversation about it, the negativity on Twitter um and i used to kind of feel like you should just give up on twitter that twitter's not no good to you but at the same time like i was using twitter this way Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm having it i'm fine like i don't know what you're talking about because i don't i don't get i don't get that and like i see some of it because people attack the people i follow Mm -hmm. so i do see some of it i just don't go down the rabbit hole of it Mm -hmm. because and, and unfortunately, like, there's some people I follow who I really love. And boy, do they take to Twitter. They take to Twitter to, like, win the argument. And I'm like, good for you for fighting the fight. I don't see the point in it. Mm. You know, like, they clearly don't want to hear what you have to say. You already said it very well with the first thing you said. And they don't care. Right. And thus, I have no interest in, like, following down the thread of just watching them, like, make valid points and then them be ignored and that kind of thing. Makes me feel bad. Doesn't solve anything there. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point in it myself arguing on Twitter like that. So um, I, I sometimes, sometimes something so egregious comes across my, my thread. Like, you know, a lot, again, like a lot of people I follow are part of communities. And so they're very supportive of each other. And so they'll post something and they'll be like, look at this freaking person, like what they're saying. And I'll be like, yo, I'll jump on that. Like F that dude. Cause that's messed up and that kind of thing. And, and when that moment comes then sure, I'll, I'll be part of I will be part of like the support for that community, but mm-hmm. um, 
otherwise, I just think the arguments, the negativity that's present is so meaningless. Sure. It's it's just as you know, nobody's gonna think about it in a week. Yeah. Like whatever you say there, uh and like like whatever I'd have to contribute wouldn't mean shit. So mm-hmm. I just I just stay out of that. There's actually two places that I want to go from there. Um, but I'm gonna ask this one first. Would okay. you have would you have done this if you weren't part of the podcast? Would I have done would you have looked for these other voices? Would you have made made a conscious effort to do this uh, uh, on Twitter? Um, probably. Uh, although probably not as expansively in the nerd side of things. Sure. I, I'm sure I would have done it just like I said on my personal account politically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have crossed over to some nerd stuff sometimes. But I definitely would have done it politically once we hit absolutely when i i I beefed up my twitter hardcore in the political spectrum in the last year Mm. uh with everything that's happened related to covid and black lives matter and things like that that became really important to me to be listening to those voices and paying attention Mm -hmm. um it's also partially going to college having conversations with other people from similar backgrounds to what i'm talking about uh that are different from mine and feeling like i need to be paying more attention Um, So I think that sense of obligation would have made me do that on Twitter regardless. Mm -hmm. But the podcast makes me do it in a way that covers a lot of the nerd stuff too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And probably made me do it a little earlier, at least balance it a little earlier than I would have otherwise. Sure. Um, Kind of like a a lesser extent, would you you think you would have still followed uh, entertainment news, fandom news, uh, if you haven't done the podcast? Would you have felt a similar type of burnout or... You don't think that would have happened? No, I think it probably would have stayed about the level that it was before I started doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, where I was like, I was aware of stuff, but I didn't like, I wasn't engaged with every single bit of news that went around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like, I, I, what's a good example here? Um, I would have heard about marvel news as it was reported widely mm-hmm. but i wouldn't have heard about like uh just now the illuminati made that that made that rumor post about the the mutants project mm-hmm. i would have never heard that without the podcast right would never come across my bow but here we are oh well, spoiler alert we're probably not talking about that no we absolutely shouldn't no i'm not giving air to that anyway um, and I think what you and I talk about this a lot. Um, and actually, this is actually Ryan's quote unquote fault. Um, but do you think it's important that you put out a positive voice? Because I know our show tries more times than not. And you've touched, touched on it a little earlier in this interview. Um, that we try not to say anything too negative. We try not to bring a negative aspect to it and highlight the negative parts of things. We try to keep it positive. We try to keep it fun. Do you think that's important? I think it's important to not beat the shit out of a thing Um, (laughs) because it's somebody's art. Like even as much as I don't care for Zack Snyder's version of the DC films, like I don't need to go beating up another person's art. Mm -hmm. You know, plenty of people work their asses off to make that thing. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to be mean about it. I can be critical. I think that it's important to, I think it's really important that you can be positive, but you can be critical at the same time. Sure. You know, um, 
I don't think like, I think it gets misconstrued sometimes when we talk about the fact that we try to put a positive, positive light on things that they mean, that means like every single thing we talk about, we are optimistic about. And I'm like, no, that's not, we just try not to be aggressively, stupidly mean about it. And right. I, and that is out there. Um, people make lives off of being that kind of mean and, and berating and just angry uh, about art. And I think that's silly. Um, it's a lot of like what we talk about that I don't like seeing on Twitter. Uh, there's plenty of YouTube channels that run on hate uh, for art. A lot of Star Wars YouTube YouTubers. Uh, on that. I talk about I talk about him a lot in my personal circles of an, as an example of something I never want to be, and it's Angry Joe, mm-hmm. who's the video game reviewer. Who he started as his bit was that he'll get really angry about things that upset him, and that was like the bit. But it wasn't that everything he said made him angry. And at this point, he's just a rage machine because that's what gets the the clicks. And I'm like, I have no interest in being that aggressively hateful. Yeah. Uh, well, it just feels so gross to to be that look i've gone off about Zack snyder's stuff it's definitely happened in my personal life um and i think in my personal life i can allow that you know the the occasional like this thing made me so mad mm-hmm. uh, but when you come to the to do the show i think it's important to not let that go so far over the the ridge of like just listen to me just spew hate um mm-hmm. But you can be you can be critical. You should be critical. Yeah, I, I always kind of look at it like uh, if if I don't like it, it's not really that fun to talk about. Yeah, you know, like we talked about, like um, we we brought up Zack Snyder a few times on this on this interview. So I'll keep I'll keep going with that example. Like the this last time that we talked about the Snyder Cut, I got unreasonably angry, uh, and I, I'm fully willing to admit that. And that t- said to me, you know what? Time to stop talking about this thing. It's no longer fun. I can no longer be critical. It's just, I can't, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Because, like, why should I spend air talking about something that's just going to make me angry? Right. And uh, and I think that that's, a, that's an important balance to know. Um, like, it was hard for me to walk into our review of Venom with anything less than uh, a really negative take on it. Um, Because I just thought that that movie was, and it's also really hard when you have a lot of people who seem to just like, you don't understand why they love something. And Mm -hmm. you're like, I I don't get it. Like this looks so egregiously terrible to me. Um, But that's, that's the world. And it is that way sometimes. And, uh, and Zack Snyder is a good example of that too. And I think that it's just important to recognize when it's like, I think you, you know, you, you're talking the right thing where like, you need to recognize when it's just, I'm just being angry and it's okay to be angry at a thing, but you don't need to, you don't need to share it on the podcast. Like sharing that kind of, that kind of aggressive hate is just who, who's it helping? Because I talk, because I talk about a lot where I see it a lot on Twitter where people are talking about like, look, I'm reading Avengers. I talk about this on our podcast. Like I'm reading a bunch of comics that a lot of people really don't like, and they just are angry about it and they spew that hatred and they, they make me feel bad. I never want to be the person that is yelling about, let's say again, Zack Snyder. And I make the person who loves Zack Snyder's movies feel bad. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that like, 
it's it's tough because like it definitely it definitely feels like there's people on one side of that fight who start it um who definitely <laughs> want to make you feel like you're the dummy for not liking a thing mm-hmm. um but you're that's the whole thing is like i'm never i'm never out to make someone not like something yeah you know if you like something i would never ever want to take it away from you mm-hmm. that's dumb there's no reason there's no good reason for me to do that i might want you to think a little more critically about it depending on what it is like if you just really really love something that has some really horrendously racist shit in it that you're not thinking about then i might want to go i just i just want you to think about this mm. um i just want you to be aware of it uh but but that doesn't mean that i need you to not like it um yeah. <clears throat> similar to like you know how i would <laughs> how i would approach anything with kevin spacey in it too someone who's really unaware of Kevin Spacey, I'd be like, you know, I think American beauty is a really good movie. You should also know <laughs> this about Kevin Spacey, but movie's still something you can like, you know, uh, we've had many discussions about the separating art versus the artist. And that's where that kind of falls into. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's, you know, <sighs> again, like it's that, it's that balance of like, you can be critical of something, but you don't need to just spew hate at something. Like you can be critical of JK Rowling and what she's doing and everything, but you don't have to spew hate at all of Harry Potter and everyone who likes it. Right. And I think that's the important, that's the important distinction is, you know, if people like a thing, it's not fun to shit on the thing that they like. Yeah. And I mean, like it's, it's, I think the unfortunate thing is for a lot of people, it is fun to shit on a thing. Sure. And that's, and that's just, and I just don't, I don't get joy out of that. It doesn't make me feel good to, it does make me feel good to vent some of my frustrations with a thing. That's mm-hmm. true. It doesn't make me feel good to throw them into the face of someone who likes something right? in an effort to try to make them feel bad for liking it. I don't like doing that. I don't like when people have done that to me. Um, you know, that's where, it, that's where my, my issues with fandom have come in from is a lot of people just, <laughs> You know, I like a thing and people are yelling at me about why I like that thing. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes like people like a thing. Not everyone's got the same opinions. Yeah. I see. I just, I don't have that kind of experience. Yeah. Um, there's, there's something that I, that I kind of stumbled on. Do you think doing the topics, you know, we used to do before we talked about like a bunch of these movies that we talked about during COVID, we used to do these topics. Uh, I'm sure we'll do them again, but like we talked about the art versus the artist. We talked about, uh, we've done over 230 episodes. I got to remember another one than that. But uh, we've done topics that I think have helped us expand our own knowledge by b- just bouncing off of each other, doing research uh, for these things, uh, expanding our knowledge of a, a more cr- to be in a more critical space about fandom without losing our enjoyment of it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think those topics are a great example where I brought a lot of like what I've learned from listening to other people on Twitter and that kind of thing Um, where, where that has helped to inform my argument of like, you know, I didn't think of this, but here's this thing. Um, And that's definitely happened on those topics uh, for sure. Sometimes it happens on like the movies, but, but it definitely comes into play on those topics. Um, You know, like uh, I, Oh, here's a good example of this whole kind of fandom thing is that like, I felt like maybe I was in the wrong as a white guy with no understanding and all that to think that T'Challa could be recast after Chadwick Boseman, even though I think Chadwick Boseman was fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
And then I, and then like, I absolutely saw people of all colors saying like, you should never replace Chadwick Boseman. But I also saw some black critics who were posting that like, why can't there be more than one black Panther? It could be multiple Batman and multiple Spider-Man, but we can't have more than one black Panther. Um, And I'm like, that's a reasonable different perspective to have. And it at least made me feel like it is okay for me to kind of feel like we don't need to idolize a single actor's performance of a character for all time. Not knocking Chadwick Boseman. Fantastic. Love him. Um, But, but it does help to kind of be like, okay, so it's not just me being ignorant. Yeah. Uh, You know, but there's also the the thing with like, as, as a thing that you're a fan of becomes more popular, uh, the more people come out of the gate, more people come out of the uh, woodwork to kind of shit on it. Uh, try to gatekeep it. It's so interesting watching the the MCU fandom grow from where it was in 2008 to where it is now, where people are just there's constant people talking on like, oh, you can't like the MCU because it's not like the comics, or there's people who just shit on the MCU because it's not art, you know, things like that. Be interesting. It's interesting. It's like having that discourse. Yeah. So this is a. Uh, I, I don't want to name names um, of my friend, and I'm not going to. But uh, this this was a long multi-year struggle between myself and a friend of mine because he was a person who when something became popular that he liked he got bitter about it sure he preferred it being smaller Hmm. um he did the same thing when like right before like batman was always popular but right before batman like boomed after the dark knight yeah um and and you know he, batman used to be one of his favorite things and then he really cooled off on it because because he became popular and oversaturated in his opinion <clears throat> and so when the marvel movies came around he just felt like as a person who read a lot of marvel comics he's like these just don't have the the character stuff i want they're they're too cookie cutter they're too nah, nah, nah. and i'm like i i totally understand your perspective on it i just don't agree mm-hmm. but uh his attitude was to just like layer it at me because he knew i liked it he's like i just want you to agree with me about it and i'm like i do agree with you that i understand it i just don't feel that way yeah um and it took a very let's be honest it took a very long time for him to get to a point where he just appreciates the things he still hasn't really acknowledged that like it's okay for me to just feel differently um (laughs) And that's so, so I understand that dynamic and I understand how that feels to be on the receiving end of it. And I'm like, it's just, you've always had thicker skin though than, than, than I in regards to that. Well, that, that kind of goes just back to non nerd related, like from a young age, I knew I had a hot temper. So I actively worked on trying to control it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that just all kind of relates to that of just, I don't, I don't like, who I am when I'm angry. So I work very hard to not be that person. And in my adult life, I've been that person. I think I can think of three times I've really been that person. Um, and, and I, adult life goes from like 13 to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but when I was a kid, like that was a real problem. And I was like, I don't want this. I don't want to be this. Um, so I think that's that, you know, it's just, who you are and, and where your anxieties are and where your, where your anger is. And, and like, uh, this is also, uh, I'm in a comfortable enough position where I was able to dedicate time and, and not have, I don't have a lot of blockages 
getting in the way of me being able to to control my anger or that kind of thing you know um like i don't i get i i get severe bouts of depression once in a while but nowhere near to the level where i would say i have depression like you know in in such a way or like where my emotions feel like they're not my own right um and i've just never been that person in my adult life so so feeling that way is like generally speaking i feel like i can control where i'm at takes a lot it takes a lot you're right it's six skin it takes a lot to set me off well that's as much as i love talking to you that's really all i got well i i mean i want to know from you uh you know how some of this has changed with the podcast um good and bad uh what we're talking about here All right, I'm going to stop it there. Um, That seems like a pretty good place to stop the podcast because that's kind of where we start to segue into me, to something more about me. Um, I did try to find a cutoff place a little earlier in the episode, but, you know, the conversation didn't really have a break. We kind of moved pretty seamlessly. That's the thing. That's what happens when you know someone for so long is you can really just talk for a while i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you're excited for more of it uh because like i said next week is part two of the sparks witty interview really it's kind of part one of me but there's a lot more insight from him as well um he's a very insightful guy uh i really love talking to him he's probably why i've been friends for more than a decade okay until next time guys make sure to let me know if you have a geek podcast and you want to be a part of the show um, email me at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. You can always find me on the social medias at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter or Fakenerd Podcast on all the socials or fakenerdpodcast.com. All of these are linked below. You can definitely check all these things out. If you like this, make sure to subscribe, tell a friend, write a review. I love a review of this. I really want to know how I'm doing. Some of the feedback I've been getting from personal people, from personal friends has been pretty good. Um, obviously, the numbers are doing well. Um, I would just kind of like a review. It'd be nice to hear. If you're interested in more of both Sparks and I, um, because obviously we talked a bit about it on the episode, but we are part of the Fake Nerd Podcast, um, family podcast, where we will be talking about Army of the Dead just in a couple of days, um, as well as like news and book club things. We have Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which just put up a new episode, Basement Arcade, uh, Fake Nerd Book Club, Fake Nerd, Fake Nerd's Watch, we just finished... We just put up Invincible. There's a review special for Zack Snyder's Justice League. All sorts of stuff. Uh, check it out. All linked below um, through our website. And a little sizzle. I'll probably be announcing something pretty exciting soon. It's kind of related to this, but more of a personal career choice. So um, stay tuned for that. All right, guys. And until next week with the Sparks Witty Part 2, stay true to the fan and you. Bye.